let's see now make sure i cut this part out the video can you tag Guess people I'll say something we'll see <laughs> i love you i'm coming to princeton too come on down okay let's see go live Preparing to live stream. Oh, shit, it says being live streamed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, Mary, you up. have the prettiest smile. That's oh. a she. Okay, we're already live. <laughs> yeah, Don't be all embarrassing. Hello. Don't be embarrassing, everyone. Hello, everyone. Hi. Mary is always smiling. Welcome, welcome to our real. I want to say first live, but I guess technically it's our second live because Mary and I did one way back when, but this is our first one with uh, our guest speaker. Everyone, please welcome my beautiful friend and friend. I love her from the first day I met her, Miss Andrea Arroyo. She is Hi. wonderful. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, you so much for being here. No so other place I'd be. Oh, I love it. So guys, Andrea, you may remember her. She was on, I think she was probably one of the first few people who we had when we first launched what, two ago. years ago. So she has been two years. And so for those of you who didn't see that episode, shame on you. But let me tell you a little bit about her. <laughs> She's a certified life coach specializing in recovery and trauma. And what I love about Andrea is when you work with her, she's not the textbook worker. You know, she lived it. She lived all through, you know, the addiction and she worked through it and now she's helping others. So when you're, when you choose to work with her, she understands, she understands the guilt. She understands the shame. She understands addiction. She understands the patterns of it. So her past and how she was able to work through it with the help of, you know, prayers, her, her family and asking for help really contributed to the successful life that she has now Amen. and Absolutely. she is a warrior and again i am so glad that you were here with us thank you for joining us thank you so much thank you so much like i said there is no other place i would be i was definitely i was probably one of the first five that you and mary had on and i was like oh my gosh they asked me no way and uh and i was so excited and i was so blessed and i was so honored and two years later, I'm still like, no way, they asked me back. And uh, yeah, because, because you two are amazing. I remember meeting you in the living room, right? And we were like, hey, hey. And you sat on the armchair and Mary was hosting. And it was just an instant connection between the three of us, like right away. And well, so we met at a, at a show, remember? Yes. We did a, um, a, a vendor event. In, we did a vendor event. Or something, and she had pulled up next to me. It was my very first one. And I was super nervous. And she was oh nice to me. Do you remember? We asked you carry your stuff in. Yeah, you were like, is it okay if I sit in there? I'm like, yeah, you sit fine. And, you know, I remember telling Tamika, I was like, oh, I met this lady. She's really nice. I'm like, I'm so oh. nervous. Because my friend that had invited me, she wasn't, she was late. 
I don't think she ever showed up. After. No, she showed up towards the end. She showed up towards the end. I was super friggin' nervous. Yeah. But and anyway, then you had ahead. that beautiful event at your house. And yeah. that's when Tamika and I met. And I was like, I went home and I was like, oh my goodness, I've never been surrounded by such, now I call us queens. But at the time <laughs> I was like, women like that. Like, that's all I could say was, <laughs> I've never been surrounded by women like that and that for me was life-changing it was life-changing meeting the two of you was definitely part of my own transformation that got me to this place where here we are November 8th one in three coming up so Mm -hmm. it's like wow yeah Amazing. Thank you so much. No, thank you. I remember when I met you and it was just the positivity and the energy. And it was like, I've known you forever. We must have, we all must have been besties in a prior life or something (laughs) because we were just talking like, you know, we knew each other forever and you you don't get that. And especially, you know, amongst some women. So I love it when I meet other, you know, wonderful, successful women that are confident and just all about positivity. So again, thank you for coming. And you know, the topic today is healing. Mm. And I know that's a difficult subject because especially, you know, with COVID, it seems like a lot of people are going through things with COVID, you know, the isolation is bringing up things that they thought they dealt with. So um, I'm always getting a lot of, you know, well, well, why is this coming up? I'm, I'm still dealing with it. Well, no, did you deal with it or did you just push it down? Right. Sounds like you pushed it down. So, you know, talk to us a little bit, Andrea, I know this is what you do and you've been healing people for a long time. So what do you think is happening now, especially with COVID, with, you know, people's healing journeys? So what I think is happening now, it's a two-part question, right? Mm -hmm. So there's COVID and what's Mm -hmm. happening pre-COVID because Mm -hmm. pre-COVID, what did we have? We had, I think it was hashtag me too. And so many people were like, yeah, that happened to me too. Yeah, that happened men and women, right? This is not just women, right? Um, And so what was happening pre-COVID was you had the Me Too, you had the exposure in, in Hollywood, whatever was going on there. And there was a whole mental health awareness that was happening in our country where people were like, you know what? It's okay not to be okay. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick of the lies. I'm sick of the shame. I'm sick of the guilt. That's right. My gym teacher, my, my mother, my father, my priest, my doctor, my rabbi. It was, there wasn't anybody that was left out, you know? And so that was pre-COVID and I'm watching all this happen and I'm going, Oh my goodness gracious. And I was heartbroken, of course. I'm always heartbroken first because 
sexual assault, sexual abuse, incest, domestic violence, that kind of trauma, it's life-changing. You know, 25% of the people, and I know that number is higher. I know that number is higher. 25% of the people that have been abused sexually become alcoholics and addicts. Mm. That's one in four. You're not going to tell me that that number is accurate. You're Mm. not going to tell me. I've been to rehab. I've been to detox. I've been to therapeutic communities. I've been to Christian programs. I've been to institutions. I've been to hospitals. I've been to halfway houses. I've been to, it's called um, Florida Living Sober. It, it's like, a, it's, uh, it's an environment where you're in a beautiful house or apartment and you have your own bedroom. Maybe you share it with another person. It's eight out of 10, nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 people that I'm in group with, my dad, my mom, my sister, my babysitter, my hairdresser, my nanny. So that mm-hmm. one in four, I'm not buying that, but that's reported. And we know mm-hmm. about what's reported, right? Are we really reporting? Look, my story, <laughs> my story is not any different than anybody else's. I am not unique. What I went through isn't worse than anyone else's. The fact is, this is my job. This is my calling. This is what I'm anointed for. This is my responsibility. I, this wasn't I didn't, I didn't wake up one morning and say, I'm going to do this. I was abused. I was assaulted. I was raped. I was fondled. I was touched. I was penetrated. I Mm. Oh, Mm. shebang. Mm. And I lied about it. I cried about it. I drank about it. I used over it. I was promiscuous because of it trying to maybe regain some control or we'll get to that I digress but pre-covid enough was enough people were like no I'm not I'm not keeping it a secret and I don't know why that shift happened it happened that's the good news. The good news is that it happened, right? And then COVID happened. And I remember my son came to me, my beautiful Elijah. He came to me six months, seven months into COVID. And he's aware of my recovery. And he said to me, oh my gosh, mom, how are people getting sober during COVID? Mm. And how are people getting the help that they need for other things. And I was like, E, these are challenging times. But during COVID, I remember thinking to myself, um, one of the first things that came to me was, what about the kids that rely on school lunch to eat? And the second thing that came to me was, what about the people that escape their abusers every day when they go to work and school? And now they're locked down, right? Literally, not figuratively, we were locked down. Unless you were deemed essential, you weren't leaving the house. No, nope. You got your milk and you came home. 
And maybe you were home with your abusive husband. Maybe you were home with your brother that touched you. Maybe you were home with your dad that touched you. Maybe you were home with your mom's boyfriend that touched you. Maybe you were home with your mom and your mom's boyfriend. That I mean, come on, this thing is not this, this vicious, ugly sickness, force, evil, you can call it whatever you want. I'll call it something. You'll call it something. Mary will call it something. My husband will call it. Everybody has something different to call it, right? Demonic, sickness, epidemic, plague, generational, call it whatever you want to call it. It's ugly. And when COVID happened, we became locked in with those that we feared the most. And I'm using we in the very broad sense. Um, my husband is an Irish king, small K, and I would be locked in with him any day. Uh, we're, we were blessed enough to be considered essential and we went to work every day, some days, seven days a week. But COVID did something crazy. It did something crazy. And I want to know how many people died either by their own hand or by the hand of someone else because they were locked in with their abuser. What are those numbers? Mm. I mean, I just heard about that horrible story. I don't remember where it was. I'm not that news person about the kids. One was dead and three of them were living in there and the neighbor was like, oh, I didn't have any idea. And I'm just like, how are we missing this? Mm-hmm. Because for lots of reasons, we're missing it, right? One because, one because we're busy. Two because we're not perfect. Three because we're desensitized. Four because we're just like, I thought they moved away. I thought they went on a family reunion. I thought the dad got a job. I thought the mom left, and then you've got a whole family in the basement, mm-hmm. dead, locked mm-hmm. up, being abused, being assaulted, trafficked. I mean, this thing. This thing, this this sexual sickness, because for me, just for me, I'm able to call it a sickness. That took a lot of work. And I appreciate what you said in the beginning, um, Coach, about how I how I live the life. This wasn't like, let's all get to page 67. Nothing wrong with getting to page 67. Trust me when I tell you, I got to page 67, which is what makes me a certified life coach. That was important to me. That's another topic. But I live this. I live this. I did the work. I can say my abuser's name. It's not my uncle, the neighbor. It's Mike, Steve, Dave, Stanley. Because when we don't call them by name, we make them bigger than what they are. And they're not bigger, they're not bigger than I am. They were stronger than I was because I was a child, because mm-hmm. I was a teenager, because I trusted you, because mm-hmm. you took that trust and you twisted it into something wicked and vile. But when I became older and I began to talk about it and explore it and think, could I maybe kind of sort of get out of this self-imposed prison? 
perhaps? <laughs> yeah, I absolutely positively gave each of those sick men and women. Come on, we're going to talk about that part. We're going to talk about that whole part here. When I gave them a name, I got free. And we became, and then I could take you on. And then I could see you as the sick guy or the sick girl or the sick uncle or the sick father. I was able to get down with that and call you what you were by your name and your illness. And I call it an illness because it is because nobody wakes up that hello, nobody. Mm -hmm. Look, there's a small percentage of the population that are sociopaths, no empathy, no compassion can look through you as if they were like heat miser. Right. I just aged Mm -hmm. myself. One of my look, (laughs) but then there's the rest of us who have gone through some stuff and were hurt, abused, become abusers. That's a whole nother topic, right? But we need to make these people right size, not this big demon, not this big monster, not this imposing figure. You did this. You're a regular guy. You know, you're a sick guy, but you're no scarier than You know, how many times have we watched on like the history? They seem like the nicest family. (laughs) That's right. And then they have body parts or whatever in the big old freezer in the basement. And I I would imagine it is, you know, scary. And you're right, especially when these things are happening when you are a child and it's an adult and they, you know, they look so much bigger than you. And then you're already taught as a child, respect your elders, do this, right. do that. And so you're like, okay. And then sometimes, you know, kids feel it's wrong, but they also say to themselves, well, you know, he wouldn't do it if it was wrong. Maybe I'm feeling wrong. Maybe, you know, it's just so much confusion at that young age. And then what always angers me is when people come forward and nothing is done. I read this morning and I'm going to put them on blast. This is at a Charlotte, North Carolina high school. One of my girlfriends sent me this article and the article was about a a young lady at a high school who was, you know, being molested, um, by a or raped really by another male student she did everything she was supposed to do she went to the police the police believed her and said okay yeah we're gonna you you know it's the guy confessed you know what the school did the school suspended her said yeah we don't have enough information suspended her right so what is that teaching young ladies you know when i speak up even when the cops are on my side you know, I, I get suspended. There is now I'm telling you, I'm sure there's more to the story, but sure, there's always more, but there's always more, but you know, when things like this happen, it has to make that young woman who was strong enough to stand up, think that either she did something wrong or she don't matter. And that is what angers me the most about predators and when we don't protect 
our children and it happens day after day and you're right with COVID when you're in a house with these people that now you can't get away from you know it's like okay I can go to school I could oh no I can't do that I'm I'm right here and I know that the rate of suicides increased during COVID absolutely because you're like everything is shut down where am I supposed to go you know I'm now alone with my thoughts these thoughts are you know overwhelming. I'm, I'm a burden. I'm whatever it is that, you know, you're saying to yourself when it's not true, but if that's all you hear and these things are happening to you, you become hopeless. And when you don't have anybody to talk to, it it really is just a sad situation. So, you know, my prayers definitely go out to anyone man woman because boys go through it too absolutely absolutely and i love it when you said women are predators too absolutely so there are no gender it's not all men no it's not all men it isn't you know go ahead i'm sorry so tell me what what was it that made you feel like enough was was enough was it just that you were just so tired of hurting was it um because I I know you were younger and you've been sober you know for a while was there like an epiphany or was it just everything combined and you just literally like woke up one one day and said you know what enough is enough I'm going to say that the awakening and the enlightenment happened when I got sober because getting Mm. sober showed me that I wasn't going to die a junkie, that I wasn't going to be that statistic because there was no way that I was making it out of my twenties. I did everything in my power not to make it out of my twenties. I drank too much. I used too much. I was promiscuous. There was crime. There was homelessness. There was, you know, it's a miracle. It it is a miracle that I made it out of my twenties. And that at 52 years old, I just celebrated 17 years sober. My, my sober date is 10404. And I still wake up and I'm like, my house, my husband, my clothes, I know where I am because, and and that's with 17 years. I'm still in awe of my life. Uh, And not just the shiny things. There's plenty of shiny things, but the fact that when I went to bed, I didn't have to think, okay, what am I going to say when I get to work? And why wasn't I there two days ago in a row? Mm. Or when I see that guy that I think I might've went home, was it David? Was it Daniel? That was my life, right? Or, or, um, were you going talking about guys rest- you went home with? What did you say? Were you talking about guys you went home with? Yeah, because in the addiction, in my addiction and my alcoholism. And you don't remember their names? There were some of them. 
Shit, so, that, <laughs> so, so that's what I'm saying. Like the life that I have today is more than shiny things. It's more than the house and the car and the, and the things that sparkle. It's the peace of mind that I'm not going to run into somebody and he's going to be like, aren't you that girl from Thursday? No, I'm not that girl from Thursday. I'm his wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I would die if that shit happened to me. Weren't you I am. wife like that's behind me that doesn't happen to me anymore you know I don't go into into Penn Station or you know um where's that place where the other trains are Amtrak or Port Mm. Authority and be like oh my gosh I was in that bar last night please don't let that guy wreck that doesn't happen to me you know, the last time somebody thought they recognized me, they thought I was Wendy Williams. That's a whole nother show. Uh, it uh, it oh, was, oh. it was hilarious. It was like seven <laughs> years ago at the Meadowlands, and this teenage boy comes up to me and he's like, "Oh my gosh!" I said, "No, I promise you, I'm not who you think I am." Please, 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 let me just go get my mom. I said, "I promise you, I am not who you think I." Am. And so now he's like, mom, mom, mom. And I'm like, no, 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 no. He's like, we're not going to tell anybody. I said, my name is Andrea Arroyo. (laughs) I am not. (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) yeah, I have a life today beyond my wildest dreams. And so what got me to this place of being um, transformed and knowing that my job, my responsibility is to help and heal the masses and no longer live in fear and shame, but live in fabulousness and fierceness. And, you know, whether it be sweats and a hoodie or a $500 evening gown, I am a queen (laughs) all day, every day. Because sure, it's nice to look good and this and that and the earrings and the thing. But I'm a queen from within. Mm -hmm. One, because of who my father, F-A-T-H-E-R, all caps, is. And second, because (laughs) I worked really hard for this crown here. And the work that I did was to get sober. And not just to stop drinking and be, and using and get clean. I got sober. I got to the root of why I picked up. I got to the root of why, you know, it was okay for me to, you know, when, some people have one, some people have two, some people have three, they're good. My name is Andrea and I'm an alcoholic and one's never enough. Mm-hmm. One's never enough because mm-hmm. I wanted to, drink myself numb. And if I didn't drink myself numb, I was going to drink myself to where the shame was gone. The filth was gone. The fear was gone. And I, I was, I was smarter. I was prettier. I was thinner. I could dance. I could really. So when I got sober, none of those, I, I was able to get to the root of why I drank. And part of it was if you only knew. If you only knew who I really was, because I owned that abuse. I owned those assaults as if they were mine and they weren't mine. 
they were theirs. They did that to me. Mm-hmm. But I took them on, I, I internalized them, and I wore them like this big, ugly, 70s wool coat that had mildewed and was shedding. And mm-hmm. everywhere I went, I was leaving this stench. And, and, I, and it was just, it was engulfing me. And I was dying, dying, dying. Mm-hmm. And when I got sober and I got those notebooks and I started writing and I got the highlighters and, you know, and I started praying and I started speaking the truth of who I was, calling these men and women by name. I knew that it was more, yes, it was for me. It was for my freedom. It was for my sanity because I was losing my mind. I was losing my, I was praying for death. Let this be the last drink. Let this be the last hit. Let this stranger that I'm going home with kill me, please. Mm -hmm. To end the pain. I Mm -hmm. thought that you could see it on me. I was positive Mm -hmm. that if I made eye contact with you, somehow or another, you knew who I was because I owned it. But the fact of the matter is that it wasn't mine. It was theirs. And when I put it in its right place, I realized that I didn't get free for me. I got free for each and every person that heard the sound of my voice. Because every time I told my story in a shelter or some other venue, there would, I'll never forget the time I told my story, you know, and I shared about um, the abuse that I suffered. Um, This was years and years and years ago years ago and the sweetest little woman came up to me she wasn't five feet and she looked up at me and she said and I came down and she wrapped her arms around me and she said I never told another living soul and I'm like Mm. are you kidding me right now This woman was like 75 years old Mm. Mm. and she'd never told another living soul. Mary, coach, if I told you how many times this has happened to me, oh my gosh, I never told anyone else. I was at a venue sharing and I had a man come up to me. And he said to me, you're so, so brave. He said, thank you so, so much for sharing your story of assault and abuse and rape and incest. He said, I was your uncle to my niece. And my Mm. whole body Like it felt like my whole body shook, but I don't think I moved. Mm. Like Mm. I looked like that thing at the car wash. Mm. And I was like, all I could think of was, why are you talking to me? Mm. Right? Like, why are you talking? Like, why are you talking to me? Why are you so close to me? And I just let him share because I had no words. Mm. And he was the abuser? He was the abuser. Mm -hmm. He Mm. said, 
He said, I was your uncle to my niece. Mm. And I just stood there Mm. and he went on and on. And he was so sorrowful. He was so remorseful. He was so ashamed. And when I, whoops. And when I walked away from him, I remember thinking, this is so much bigger than me. Mm. And the verse that came to mind was because you will comfort with the comfort that you're given. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've had many moments like that where I just knew that this is so much bigger than me. You know, I remember seeing on Facebook a couple of weeks ago, somebody said, um, y'all need to stop going to these family reunions because you know that uncle is there. And I commented, I said, I am no longer concerned with my um, elders. I said, I am now concerned with the babies. And you, that's right. That's right. And I will say this. As I take, as I take this public, I'm glad my grandmother's not here because I have to do this. And I don't know if she'd understand. Well, she maybe not have if she was alive but she's with the heavenly father now and she's like, go Andrea, you do it. You speak your truth and probably a little bit of, I'm sorry. And you keep doing your thing. And this may have been done to you, but what you took from it. Yeah. She would be proud. I know she's proud. She would definitely be proud. proud. Definitely. But I'd never want to be proud. I'd never want to hurt her. And she's she's like, I'm not hurting, baby. I'm rooting for you. Just keep on. Get them all. Get them Thank all. Thank you, sis. Get them so, all. You know, we, we love having you on and people like you on because people need to know that, number one, you exist. And they also need to know that there is life after abuse there's a life after a bad relationship there's life after you know addiction everything there is life after and if you just just you know have a little bit of faith the size of a mustard seed as they say yeah and just make that call your pain will go away eventually you know, there's only but so much stuff that we can do. And some of us can hide it, you know, better than others. Some people go through addiction because of it. Like you said, some people go through bad relationships because of it. Some people are just angry right. because of it. You know, right. it's affecting us. Rather we know it or not, it's affecting us. And it's also affecting if we have children, the way we're raising our children. Absolutely. It's affecting the way we're doing our jobs. It's affecting the relationships we have with other people, because when you go through something like that, I know at least with my experience, 
you tend to keep people away. You you tend to keep them at arm's length. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You don't want to get hurt. And that's what it is. So you have to, you know, unpack that. You have to take off the layers. You have to get to the root. And hopefully during that journey, and you will, it's not even a hopefully. If you work at it, you will. You will be much better. You will be much stronger. You you will do things that you never knew were possible. But as long as you keep it to yourself, for me, it was as long as I keep it to myself, they win. As long as I'm scared, they win. As long as I'm not giving my full heart and soul to any, any relationship I have, they win. Right. And I couldn't do that. So if you're going through something, if you're going through abuse, if you're going through addiction, if you just don't know even how to heal from a bad relationship that you may have with your daddy or your mama, you know, it doesn't even have to be, you know, this serious. Right. Because even those things, your troubles you had with your siblings or your mama or your daddy, you still need to heal from that. Because if you don't and you still mad, you're going to grow up. And again, it's going to have an effect on how you work out in all your relationships. So even if it's something like that, whatever it is you're going through, if you need some healing, I'm telling you, you have to contact Andrea. (laughs) We are going to have her information. Uh, I'm sure if you're looking at this on Facebook, you'll see it. If you're looking at it on YouTube, you'll see it. You will also see it on our website. Uh, She will be here. I love it. The one word coach. She's also going to be here. We're going to be live again next Monday and then the Monday after that. So you're going to see her face again and again (laughs) in the month of November. And really our, our whole point of this is for you to heal, for you to recover so that you're not going into 2022 on the same level of sadness, on the same level that you are now. We want you to be elevated and she can help you get to that. So I know we've been on here a long time and I'm sorry we were late, you know, with technical (laughs) difficulties, I know how it is. Um, so that's what it is. And Mare, because Mare's been so nice and quiet over there, that lip gloss pop, and I'm just gonna say <laughs> I was gonna say that to you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she looking all cute, that all Filipino girl over there, just as gorgeous as sure I've been be. looking down. I'm trying to see if anyone is commenting. So I keep obsessing yeah. over because I know we're live, so I wanted to see if anyone was interacting. No, I'm so, happy that you're so And then I kept catching myself that. looking down. I'm like, oh, that's bad. <laughs> I figured, I knew that's what you were doing, see? Yeah. So I, I didn't even have to, I knew that's what you were trying doing. To, I was trying to see like how many people, how long. And then I, and then I started reading the uh, captions. I was like, oh, we got captions going on? <laughs> <laughs> now, look, I mean, it takes a village, right? You know, you guys are uh, definitely the dynamic duo. So, I mean, Mary, no need to apologize. You're you're doing what you do. You want to make sure that everybody's getting what they need, you know, and I'm just, I'm really grateful to be here. I really am. You know, um, I'll say this and I'll be quiet. 
uh, Coach Tamika, you said something really powerful. You said that it doesn't have to be this serious. It doesn't have to be this tragic. You know, I was uh, I was talking to a client the other day, and she said, um, she said, I just feel stuck. And I firmly believe that yes, I can help you with sexual assault. Yes, I can help you with addiction. Yes, I can help you with alcoholism. I can help you with a ton of things because my story is several pages long with very different topics in Roman numerals. But so many people have decided, this is my lot in life. Mm. Mm -hmm. So many people have stopped dreaming. So many people won't even journal what they mm-hmm. want because they're positive. Yeah, I'm not gonna get that. I'm are exactly. you wait? Are you kidding mm-hmm. me right now? Mm-hmm. Are mm-hmm. you kidding me right now? Mm-hmm. I can help you with that because I have a life beyond anything I ever imagined. Because I was the, even after I got sober, I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is pretty good, right? Good job. Mm-hmm beautiful son right Mm -hmm. and then I was like "Mm, to whom much is given oh Mm -hmm. so much is required that's right that's right heard the call answered the call hashtag heard the call hashtag answered the call and if you don't think that I'm not going to be obedient use a lie and the devil told me because i heard the call and i answered the call Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so many of you out there you hear it stop ignoring it you know stop ignoring it the worst thing that you can do in any situation is lose hope so if you're around people that's telling you you can't change it's a lie you know it within you. Don't fall for it. Don't, don't ever give up on your dreams. You know, I don't care how, how old you are. Don't give up on it. Because if yeah. you still have it and you can still see it, then that's still the vision that God has for you. So what are you waiting for? Absolutely. No more Absolutely. complaining. No I mean, reach out, please. At, at the Private very message. least. Yeah. yeah. The very Let's least. Say, hey, hey, I heard you. Can we chat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can exactly. chat. Exactly. And I'm sure that you won't regret it. So no. Any last words, Mia? Look at Mia. She's like, no, I'm just looking gorgeous with my lip gloss. You know that's not what I'm thinking. <laughs> you know I don't think like that. I know. I think like that for you. Look at that. Okay. Look at that smile. Look at that smile. All right. I'm gonna stop messing with me because she ain't when I do that. That's why I can't help it. So thank you all for joining us. We will see you, you next week. Thank you. And remember, be nice to each other. Stop letting the government put us, you know, try to divide us because if they want to divide us this big, what they working on? Just saying. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Love you. Okay. Well, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I got to find the button. <laughs> and y'all will all see that on the YouTube video. Because <laughs> I'm not going to cut it out. Well, <laughs> Thank you, though, Andrea. Thank you. You were wonderful. Thank you.